It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space, slopes a tackle, and there he goes! Crowder! It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen. Thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for the Jets Texans post game report. Jets get a victory in Zach Wilson's return 21 14 at NRG Stadium in Houston. And to talk about it, we bring in our friend who covers the Jets for NorthJersey.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, first of all, happy belated Thanksgiving, sir. And second of all, you got to see a win on the road today. Yeah, I haven't seen one of those since 2019 for us because the one win the Jets had on the road last year was in L.A. and we weren't there. So <laughs> I just realized that and that's kind of wild. But yeah, happy thanks, belated Thanksgiving and something that we haven't done in a while, cover cover a road win. So quite quite a quite a win, I guess. Yeah, and it wasn't exactly a pretty win. Let's get that out of the way, and we'll start with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson looked terrible in the first half. He settled in a little bit in the second half. Still wasn't great. He had that one sloppy interception, although I know if you slow down the tape, it looks like Ty Johnson had turned around at the point that Wilson decided to throw the ball, then turned back around. Still, it was a bit of a reckless decision on that flip play. And overall, the big story here with Zach Wilson is that he was just missing layup throws, and it was really tough to watch. I know he'd been gone for four weeks, but still, to see a guy who is picked number two overall in the draft and still this late in the season is having that much trouble with throws that should be pretty simple is discouraging. He did have some nice throws, though. Elijah Moore had himself another nice game, four catches, 46 yards, also had a carry for seven yards. The running game really did very well today. Andy, if I would have told you before this game that the Jets would have close to 150 yards rushing, average almost five yards a carry, and it was going to be mostly Tevin Coleman combined with a little bit of Ty Johnson and, of all people, Austin Walter, who, by the way, has an awesome story, which we'll get into later, his personal story. He talked about it in the postgame presser, so I know you were there for that and you get a chance to fill us in on that. But really, it was the running game that saved the Jets today. And the defense, which looked bad early on, tightened up in the second half. Quincy Williams came out of the game at one point, but he was all over the field early on, got himself a sack. Quinn Williams had a number of really good plays, got the Jets off the field a couple of times, including a big sack. He's now got six on the season, so he continues on pace to be the first Jet to have double-digit sacks since Muhammad Wilkerson in 2015. 
Another really nice game for John Franklin Myers, who bounces back last couple of weeks after signing that contract. He'd had a little bit of trouble, but this is more of the John Franklin Myers that we got to know and love. Two sacks and an interception off a batted ball at the beginning of the game when Houston was driving on the first drive. Of course, the Jets ended up getting themselves a field goal there, too. And we'll talk about field goals a little bit later because they were having some trouble there again. But, Andy, I think what really happened here is that it was two teams that were not very good. The Jets were able to do what they needed to do to get the win. Zach Wilson, not the best in his return. He played better in the second half, though, so I guess that's encouraging. We got to see some impressive stuff in the running game. The pass protection, not great, but obviously the run blocking much better. And on defense, some rough moments, particularly for Bryce Hall, who's been one of the bright spots for the Jets this year. Not today. Today he had some trouble, but... The interior defensive line really showed up today in the form of John Franklin Myers and Quentin Williams, and they really helped the Jets here big time, being able to keep the Texans to only 14 points overall once they settled down in the second half. Yeah, the Jets' defense only allowed, uh, I think, 45 yards after halftime. They, they didn't allow a single point in the final 40 minutes of the game after obviously giving up the two big touchdowns and, and the big 40-yard pass from Tyrod Taylor to Brandon Cooks on Bryce Hall. And that that was, you know, you thought, oh, no, here comes another kind of embarrassing day for the defense. And it could have easily happened, even though the Texans haven't been very impressive offensively. We've seen some other teams that haven't been impressive offensively make the Jets' defense look really bad. So you thought this one could get away, and you got to give the defense credit. you got to give, you know, John Franklin Myers credit for bouncing back after a tough uh, and to the Dolphins games last week. And you got to give the Jets credit just overall in terms of, you know, being in a winnable game a week after being in a winnable game and, and imploding, they they got the job done today. And, and when you want to talk about Zach Wilson, I don't, I wouldn't call anything about today encouraging. Uh, yeah, he was better at the end of the game than he was at the beginning, but he was, you know, one of six for, 11 yards with a really bad interception to start. So getting better from there doesn't really say much, but also I wouldn't freak out or draw any definitive conclusions. I think we need to take this whole seven game stretch when he comes back after the injury and, and look at it in its totality and understand this kid clearly is going to be dealing with that knee, which we saw wasn't at a hundred percent at times today. He, he's, still shaking off the rust of coming back. And, and obviously there's, you know, some more pressure and probably it's going to be a little bit harder for him mentally after watching the other quarterbacks do so well in the offense while he was gone. I think it, it was, there's, there's reason to be a little worried after this, but I don't think it's a reason to panic or a reason to think that we can make a definitive judgment on, on Zach Wilson's future based off of this game. Um, and I think it is encouraging that he was able to get something going to start the second half. So um, we'll have to see what comes of it before we make any judgments. One thing that definitely had to make you nervous as a Jets fan watching this is that Wilson looked out of sorts mentally early on, a little bit more confident in the second half. But even then, 
He seemed a little shaky. You wonder if it's because he's just not confident in himself or if he's not confident in the knee. We'll have to monitor this as time goes on, but that wasn't exactly a positive in my book, watching it live and seeing the expressions on his face and his body language. Yeah, I think there's definitely, I think the kid was was able to keep his confidence through his struggles early in the season. And I think maybe there's a little bit less now um, after watching other guys that he knows he's more talented than do better than him in an offense. I think that that has to have had some sort of effect on him. And that, that is a concern moving forward. I mean, some of the stuff he said after the game where he admitted he was frustrated and, and said that, you know, I just need to get back to playing and, and, and the way I have my entire life. I mean, that's not stuff that like an uber confident person is going to say out loud and, and then kind of listing kind of a laundry list, not saying, you know, I'm not making excuses, but then kind of listing like the headset wasn't working and my knee is, isn't a hundred percent, but it's not something I'm thinking about. And, you know, that kind of stuff. It, it was, it, that is definitely a little bit concerning, but again, he's a rookie and he's 22 years old. He hasn't played in a month and I'm sure he had very high expectations for himself today. So Let's not blow it out of proportion. Let's see how he responds next week against the Eagles. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Andy, one thing that I think hasn't been talked about enough in regard to this game, too, is that both coordinators adjusted very well. Mike LaFleur, early on, the Jets' offense was struggling. They really buckled down and started to run more, and they ran effectively. They got, as I said, almost 150 yards out of the running backs. If you add in what Elijah Moore gave them, it ended up being over 150 yards. And then defensively, the Jets look lost again early. And then, as you said, only 45 total yards in the second half. So whatever Jeff Ulbrich did worked. So even though both LaFleur and Ulbrich have been criticized at different points in the season for having trouble adjusting. Today was not a day where they would get that kind of criticism because both of them really answered the challenge. Now, if we're being fair, the Texans are not a very good football team, but still, you take your victories where you can get them. Yeah, well, neither are the Jets. So <laughs> I think this is a situation where you, you, you have probably a pretty close to equal level of talent out there on the field and you let the coaches do their thing, and you can see that these guys who have looked good against some teams who had their defense and offense look good against teams that have more talent than them. Now, with all the injuries and stuff the Jets have been going through, you, you have probably a pretty close to equal level of talent, and they're able to, to get the job done. So I don't think they've done a perfect job by any means this season, but I think a lot of the issues we've seen have been from the talent around that, that, that they're dealing with not kind of being there. But I think if you want to especially look at a guy who's improved, I mean, I think Mike LaFleur did a great job of recognizing what he, something he didn't do early in the season, recognizing that his quarterback was struggling and, and not ready to 
continue with the kind of game plan that they thought maybe that they could run to start this game. And he did a good job of not putting his quarterback in bad situations as the game went on. And I think you've got to give him credit for that because early in the season, it didn't go that way. And if you look at what the Jets defense was able to do today, going back to what you talked about before about how effective they were, particularly in the second half, leading into this game, Andy, I had said over and over again, there was only one reliable weapon on the Houston Texans offense, and that's Brandon Cooks. So you got to focus all of your energy on making sure that he doesn't kill you. If you can do that, you have a chance to win. And even though Brandon Cooks made some plays early on, including a touchdown, ultimately only caught three passes for 45 yards. So really, you have to say that the Jets were able to do what I suggested before the game, which was stop Houston's only major weapon. A couple of other guys pitched in. Brevin Jordan did get a touchdown. But nobody besides Brandon Cooks had more than 30 yards in this game catching the ball. Running the ball, David Johnson had 10 carries for 39 yards, but that's below four yards a carry, so nothing really to write home about there. And defensively with Houston, talked about it, the big problem with the Jets today, the offensive line did Zach Wilson no favors. Now, Zach Wilson did Zach Wilson no favors, but the offensive line struggling to protect him made it much, much worse. They definitely struggled. I think Morgan Moses is definitely not 100%, and that probably played a bit into it. And I think Wilson's probably a little unsure and jumpy about, about his knee. And that, and that also plays into it. Um, but go, just going back to the defense, I mean, 40 of those 45 yards for cook was on one play for cooks was on one play. And it looked like the jets were kind of showing a cover zero there. And then, and then wanted to drop back into coverage. And there was a miscommunication where hall didn't get back quick enough. But aside from that one play, they were, they were, like you said, they did a pretty good job. Obviously, the the play to Brevin Jordan over the middle for that touchdown was obviously bad. The Jets had some struggles on third down, especially on defense. But they, aside from that one play and, and, and another big play, I think it was a 30-yard scramble by Tyrod Taylor, which gave them most of the yards in the second half. The Jets' defense was pretty damn good. Um, now, again, like we've said before, the Texans aren't very good, and that has a lot to do with it. But, you know, credit – Give the Jets credit because we've seen them struggle against teams that they shouldn't have struggled against before. Andy, one guy who came out of this even more dented than he was before he came in, which is hard to believe considering how tenuous his position was, is Matt Amendola. He missed another field goal. Gotta imagine that his job is in major jeopardy right now. Yeah, I mean, um, he missed another field goal at, at at that point, I think he was two for five on field goals between 40 and 49 yards and 0 for three on field goals beyond 50 yards. Now, it, it led to a unique and a strange situation where the Jets burned two timeouts and two plays uh, late in the fourth quarter. They, they had to burn a timeout after review, which was bad. And then on fourth and one, they send the field goal unit out into the field and then Robert Sala calls timeout and goes for it on fourth and one and gets it on a run on a jet sweep to Elijah Moore. Sala explained what happened after it's that Matt LaFleur, I'm sorry, Mike LaFleur was adamant over the headset like he had a play for fourth and one and to let him run it. So they ran the play. They ended up getting the first down. And then I think believe they, there was a penalty, holding penalty, maybe a sack. They threw it in reverse, ended up having to send Matt Amendola out there for a 42 or 43 yard field goal 
which had to be tough for him because clearly, you know, the Jets thought better of having him kick a field goal after his struggles 10 minutes before. So you know that the, the coaching staff has lost confidence in you and he made the kick. So credit to him there. But I mean, I think he just hasn't been good enough on, on kicks beyond 40 yards and it's hard to justify keeping him around. And, and I think the fact that the Jets, that, that Robert Sala showed that uncertainty in a game is a, is a really clear sign that this kid's in trouble in terms of his job security. Andy, let's talk injuries. We know Quincy Williams came out of this game, had a lot of impact early on, like I said, got a sack, but then ended up getting hurt. What's the story with him and what else do we need to know injury-wise? Well, that was the big, the, really the, the only major one that the Jets came out of this game with. And he was pulled off the field at one point and evaluated for, it looked like they pulled him off because of potential head injury, but he ended up coming back in the game. But, but then he ended up injuring his calf and, and Robert Sala called it a deep calf bruise. So I don't know what that means for his uh, availability moving forward, but I'm sure we'll find out more on Monday. Um, and then I think I would watch Morgan Moses moving forward because he was hobbled pretty seriously for a significant amount of this game. And, um, you know, I think there's going to be a chance that that could be an issue for his availability moving forward. After the game, Robert Sala and a bunch of the players spoke to you. I know Austin Walter had some emotional words because he was playing close to home. And also he spoke about his deceased father. So there was a lot there with him. Talk to me about what you heard from Sala, Walter, and the other players that spoke after the game. Austin Walter is a pretty cool story. He's a guy who, before today, had one career carry for three yards. And then in a couple of minutes span, he gets the ball three times in a row for the Jets offense, goes for 16 yards and his first career touchdown. Now, he's from Houston, uh, went to Rice University, which is right here. So he's playing in front of a bunch of friends and family. His mother yesterday told him that, she had a feeling that he was going to score his first career touchdown, which kind of would have been a crazy prediction because there was, you know, the kid had barely played and there was no reason to think he was going to be a, a big part of the offense. And it happens. He called it mother's intuition. And then he talked about it was dad who died about four years ago and how, you know, he, he didn't get to uh, have the experience of playing in front of him, but he felt like his, his, you know, deceased father had the best seat in the house and, and that he was really appreciative of the chance to have this moment uh, in front of, you know, his hometown friends and family. And then for John Franklin Myers as well, he, he grew up about 30 minutes from here and uh, had a bunch of friends and family in the house who saw the interception. And now he got a little bit of flack from his teammates for running toward the sideline instead of the end zone. Um, and he said, it's, but he said, it's okay. He understands getting the flack. He just wanted to make sure he, he didn't, fumble the ball or make any mistake that would have cost Jets possession because getting possession at that point was the most important thing. Um, Robert Sala kind of talked about how John Franklin Myers bounced back from that critical penalty last week against the Dolphins and said it was something that Franklin Myers he knew was thinking about all week um, and that Franklin Myers is worth his weight in gold, obviously talking about that extension. And with that performance today, certainly gave the defense what it needed earlier in the game. To, to get this done. And then CJ Mosley talked about how important it was to get this win just in terms of confidence and what the Jets are building, but also 
talked about a little bit of a problem we've seen from the Jets. They have not responded well to winning this this year. It usually goes poorly for them in the next game. Mosley said that everybody needs to understand that what they did this week is great, but it's not enough. They've got to study more, ask more of themselves, and do more next week to build on it. And then Zach Wilson talked about his injury, and this was kind of strange. But he went into a detail. He said, you know, he was never – he never thought in the fourth quarter there when he when he took that sack on the way out of bounds and came up limping. never thought he would have to leave the game. It's just one of those things where the knee is not 100%, but it's also not at risk for re-injury. So sometimes it's going to feel unstable and kind of go out on him and, and feel weird, and he just has to kind of walk it off. Now, that's a little different than what we heard – Last week when Robert Salah said they wouldn't put Zach Wilson back on the field unless he was 100%. But I think the main point here is that Wilson can't get injured, re-injured, according to Wilson, the way his knee is right now. So he's going to have to kind of learn to play with this instability and and, and with a knee that at times is going to bother him. But he said he knew he wouldn't have to come out of the game because he knew within a few minutes it would feel normal and it's just going to sometimes do that because that's what it's been doing in practice. So I don't know exactly what that means for moving forward. It's kind of weird, but something to watch. Obviously the Jets don't want their young quarterback hurting that knee uh, in the final games of this season because they need him to develop and they need him to come into next season fully healthy no matter how this season ends. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on and recapping this Jets victory. 21-14 over the Houston Texans at NRG Stadium in Houston with me. Really appreciate it. Hope you have a safe trip home. And I hope that when you do get home, you're able to write some awesome content. And I know you will be because you always do it. So for those that want to check out what you're going to be doing over at NorthJersey.com over the next couple of days, what do you got in mind? Well, we'll have more on Zach Wilson's performance and kind of what it means and, and what we need to see from him next week as he takes the kind of next step in, in this return from the injury and what we want to see from him in the final six games of the season. We'll have more on Austin Walter and his interesting kind of unlikely story from practice squad to key contributor in the first road win of the season. Um, and then more on like what we can expect from the defense moving forward. And, and obviously we'll be looking at how the win impacts the Jets draft um, and, and everything else around the league and how it impacts the Jets draft, which still they're in pretty good shape. I think at this moment they're, they're in line to pick number four, despite the win, because their strength of schedule is not very good. So that's among the many things you can read at NorthJersey.com this week. I'd appreciate it if you checked it out. As of right now, according to Tankathon, the Jets would pick fourth and fifth because the Seattle pick would give them the fifth pick. So that is a lot of nice ammo. Plus, the Panthers lost again today. So that means that the Panthers pick is pretty valuable in the second round. So the Jets look like there's a decent chance they are going to get four picks in the top 50, maybe even four picks in the top 40. Very encouraging for the future. Also encouraging for the immediate future for you to read what Andy's going to be doing over at NorthJersey.com. Check it out. It's only 99 cents for six months. So that works out to about 15 cents a month. You don't just get what Andy's writing. 
You get all the local sports stuff and all the local news as well. Everything that they've got at NorthJersey.com is available to you for 99 cents for six months, about 15 cents a month. You should subscribe. Head over there right now and also check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Charmin Phillip has got a great game recap up right now at PlayLikeAJet.com. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, is going to have some cool videos this week breaking down some of the Jets players on offense and defense. So check out the videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Check out our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. Perfect time to buy the Quinn and Williams, John Franklin Myers, bless you, thank you shirt that we have up there. Fantastic artwork by Alex, who you can check out on Instagram at underscore can I be frank. John Franklin Myers and Quinn and Williams had a huge day, so this is the perfect opportunity to show that shirt off. Also, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, Zach the Ripper, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, and much more. It's all there at the Play Like a Jet store, tpublic.com, T-E-E-public.com. And give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.